Oh, my God. 
Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Monday. Back to school, back to work we go. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Take a look and you'll see A world so full of confusion You know Hashem did to guide you when you smile We hope for that day Our belief in our survival Look around and you'll see 
Shimmery boy, I see a Yes, she's a little bit of 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 a little bit
J.M. in the A.M. Shlomo Katz, of course, with Yismach Melech here on a Monday morning as we head back to school and back to work here at J.M. in the A.M. Good morning, everybody. Ah, thanks so much for uh, for tuning in and being part of this amazing and incredible radio experience. Uh, before Shlomo Katz, Ellie Marcus, who was brilliant last night, singing at the uh, Shluchim conference for the Chabad Shluchim from around the world. Ellie Marcus with Osios. You heard Osios Shalom done by Aryeh Kunzler. Avremo had bring the house down. Colin Shamad done by uh, Yaakov Shweki. Mayor Sherman in our Monday morning theme song, Masecha Hashem. And from Regesh, Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. Welcome to a Monday on this November the 5th. Hope everybody who ran the New York City Marathon had a successful day yesterday. Now get ready for Election Day. It's happening tomorrow, everywhere in this land. Election day is tomorrow. And um, we hope everybody uh, goes out and votes, no matter what state you're in, no matter where you live, no matter what party you're from, make sure to go out and vote. 27th day in the month of Mar Cheshvan, the year 5779, Tavshinai and Tess. Believe it or not, the month of Kislev begins this Friday. Rosh Chodesh will be both Thursday and Friday, 51 degrees outside with 74% humidity. Winds are northeast at 10 miles an hour. Rain today with a high temperature of 54. Then tonight, showers early and a low of 52. Tomorrow, thunderstorms, a high temperature, 65 degrees. Right now, uh, 62 in Yerushalayim. We're at 51 here in New York City as we say good morning at uh, JM in the AM. 
Well, last night, as I mentioned uh, earlier during bonus JM and then uh, uh, when I spoke about Ellie Marcus, uh, last night I had the uh, the real honor of being at the Shluchem Conference. Um, it was amazing. I mean, uh, Shluchem, uh, th- those who are serving Chabad and the Jewish world in every city and country you can imagine. Um, it was just remarkable. And a special, special thank you to Rabbi Moshe Herson, who, of course, has been the leader of New Jersey Chabad for decades and decades. It was an honor being his guest and being there with Rabbi Mendel Herson and so many wonderful people uh, at our table. And it was really a, um, a just a fantastic and wonderful evening. Uh, very inspiring, as you can imagine. Very, very inspiring. And uh, just... Uh, a, a remarkable and uh, and incredible night. So a big thank you to everybody who had a role in it. And, and I must say, you know, <laughs> many of you might be familiar at this point, unfortunately, about um, familiar with uh, certain people who call themselves Jewish leaders and who unfortunately have a following, who've been explaining why 11 people were murdered in the massacre last Shabbos in Pittsburgh. Um, and, and these videos are just so, so disturbing. And, uh, the unfortunate part again is that, uh, these rabbis or those who call themselves rabbis have Talmudim, have followers. It, it's so distressing. But anyway, I bring this up, um, to end on a positive note. And that is that last night, not only was there a booklet, many, many booklets on each table, uh, of a Mishnah, a specific Mishnah that was dedicated to the lives of the 11 brothers and sisters. But it says on the cover, in loving memory of the victims of the Pittsburgh massacre, Chai Cheshvan, October 27th, it has their names on the back in memory of Joyce Feinberg, Richard Gottfried, Rose Malinger, Jerry Rabinowitz, Cecil Ro- Rosenthal, David Rosenthal, Bernice Simon, Sylvan Simon, Daniel Stein, Melvin Wax, and Irving Younger. And then it says, and then it says, who gathered in faith to pray to the God of Israel on the Holy Shabbat, where they were massacred like millions before them simply because they were Jewish, rising in purity to the brilliant heavens that are reserved for God's martyred. Forever in his embrace, forever in our hearts, may they rest in peace. I mean, talk about making a statement. This is Chabad. This is Chabad, where every single Jew is our full-fledged, no-questions-asked brother and sister. And that was one of the things that got me. And many of you may have seen at the uh, gathering earlier in the day in Crown Heights, the Pittsburgh Shluchim were asked to lead the entire group of thousands in Tehillim. This is Chabad, and that brotherhood uh, came through last night at the Shluchim conference. So what can I say? These are people who, who claim to love everyone as a brother and sister and then behave as if they love everyone as a brother and sister. That's what's so remarkable. Anyway, Kolek Avod, a, a lot of uh, shluchim from around the world, very familiar with this radio show, which was amazing. <laughs> and I thank them, and uh, I hope they get more and more in their constituents involved and tuning into us on a regular basis. I think it can only enhance someone's, uh, someone's observance and connection to our tradition. And uh, we're on, by the way, we're on standard time. Seven hour difference now between us and Israel. We are on standard time. That'll last until March. 
So get ready for a very early Shabbos this Friday. A very early Shabbos this Friday, like in the 425 range, you know, in that in that area. Very early Shabbos this Shabbos this Friday. Um. Anyway, so that's the uh, that's the story. So welcome to a Monday, everybody. Uh, the rabbi down in Atlanta says the Atlanta the ATL is still experiencing those great Jewish moments in the morning with you, Nachum. Shout out to congregation, congregation Beth Jacob, Young Israel of Toko Hills, off to the Atlanta Jewish Academy as the sun rises any time now, just waiting. Hey, I thought it was an hour earlier. Yeah, I also thought that, by the way. <laughs> I thought that, that sunrise was really much earlier than it was, but then I saw that sunrise is around 6.30 here. <laughs> so I guess it was really late last week. Um, and then uh, and then on the Yismach Melech, the rabbi says, this is the greatest song ever. Tell us about it. Well, Shlomo Katz, there's something about him. There is something about him that is just uh, so spiritual, so amazing. Love his music. we got to get him into this studio at some point in the very near future. I hope that will be possible. Monday morning, it's JM in the AM. Thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. Plenty more coming up, including this from Miami. Keep it right where you got it at the Nahum Siegel Network. Comment on the app. Go to the NSN Nahum Siegel Network app for Android and iPhone and comment away.
breath I take, every move I make, I'm breathing you. Every word I say, every single day, I speak of you. You bring me up, you take me down, my heart's awake and I see you now. And through the nights when I'm afraid, I close my eyes and I feel your grace. So hold my hand, don't let it go. Show me your face, let the whole world know. When I go high, when I follow, I know you're there to lift me Shabbat, Yotzei Mehamisrad, Yoshev Liyad Psanter, Mechakesh Hashira, Tered Mehashamayim. Shah Hayetzira, Hatuach Bashamayim, Mechomi, Shezuchel Yishtamesh Bo. 
I know we share family ties And all the world keeps telling us How you and I are really so alike It's not about the language or geography No connection to color, shape, or size It's rooted deep in our history It's a spark that we carry inside If we join as one 
J.M. in the A.M. <clears throat> Monday morning, a song that uh, played played a uh, a prominent role in last week's broadcast from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Achenu from Yisrael Werdiger. Yaakov Shweki before that with One Heart. That's the song that we chose as the theme of the uh, journey to Pittsburgh. One Heart, the collective Jewish heart in pain and helping uh, our brothers and sisters in Pittsburgh recover last week from the massacre. And kalakavot to everybody who's in shul this past Shabbos, a way of showing sol- 
excuse me, solidarity and strength in our communities around the world. I hope your shul was more packed than usual on Shabbat. Lenny Solomon, Shiri Yatera, Yoni Z with Up. You heard Maran done by uh, the Miami Boys Choir. This is America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored digital radio, around the world on the web at NachumSiegel.com. On the Nachum Siegel Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Galitzal in the background. We'll do our news from Israel coming up. Again, a big thank you to Rabbi Herson and everybody at the Shluchim Conference last night. It was an absolute honor to be part of it and to witness Shluchim from around the world, literally, from every city imaginable, be recognized last night. It was amazing. Absolutely amazing. Kalakavod Chabad. And call it a vote for what they did to remember our brothers and sisters in Pittsburgh, which was pretty remarkable. Galay Tzal, Israel Army Radio, 2, p- uh, 2 p.m. newscast for Monday is next. Boker Tov from Jam Nam. Galay Tzal, Yerushalayim, Asha'a 2, Shalom Rav, Kan Ran Yavnai, Ima Shekore Akshav. Iran Toenet, Kochoteinu Siklu Mitkefet Cyber Israelit, Al Tashtiyot Atikshorit Barepublika. שר התקשורת של איראן, מוחמד ג'וואד עזארי ג'אומי, האשים בציוץ בטוויטר כי משטר שידוע בשימוש בלוחמת סייבר ניסה לפגוע בתשתיות התקשורת ברפובליקה האסלאמית. השר טען כי צוותים טכניים באיראן סיכלו את המתקפה וכי איראן תדרוש מגופים בינלאומיים תגובה על הצעד התוקפני כלשונו. והשר לביטחון הפנים וחבר הקבינט המדיני-ביטחוני גלעד ארדן אומר היום ישראל צריכה להמשיך ולסכל את הפעילות האיראנית בסוריה. אנחנו נמשיך לפעול כדי לסכל את מאמצי ההתבססות של איראן בסוריה, כי זו סכנה קיומית עתידית למדינת ישראל, גם אם המחיר יהיה התרחבות של העימות בזירה הצפונית. נשיא המדינה ושרת המשפטים יוצאים בקריאה מיוחדת ליוצאי העדה האתיופית נשקול בחיוב בקשות למחיקת רישום פלילי. כתבתנו שיר עזרף. מתוך רצון להשלים תהליך של תיקון יחס מפלה ולרגל חג הסיגד, הנשיא ריבין והשרה שקד קוראים לקטינים וצעירים יוצאי אתיופיה שנשפטו בעבר בגין עבירות של הפרת הסדר הציבורי ולא הוטל בגילן עונש מאסר להגיש בקשות למחיקת רישום פלילי. מהדוח למיגור הגזענות שפורסם לפני כשנתיים עלה כי מספר התיקים הפליליים וכתבי האישום נגד יוצאי אתיופיה גבוה באופן משמעותי משיעורם באוכלוסייה. עשרים משפטנים פונים לראש הממשלה בדרישה לעצור את חוק הנאמנות בתרבות המתוכנן לעלות הערב להצבעה ראשונה בכנסת. כתבנו יואב אונגר. במכתב שנשלח היום לראש הממשלה נטען כי החוק יפגע אנושות ביסודות הדמוקרטיה בישראל. בין החותמים על המכתב נמצאים גם שופטת בית המשפט המחוזי בדימוס, סביונה רוטלוי, המשנה ליועץ המשפטי לממשלה לשעבר, עורך הדין יהושע שופמן, והפרופסור מרדכי קרמניצר מהמכון הישראלי לדמוקרטיה. החוק יאושר, הוא יאפשר לשרת התרבות לשלול תקציב ממשלתי ממוסדות תרבות שפגעו בערכי המדינה. טל מור שורשע בדריסתו של שני עורכי שין, בנו של השופט מישאל חשין, שוחרר היום מקלט סלמון לאחר שבע שנות מאסר. אני חושב שמאחורי השחרור שלי עומדת כרגע משפחה שסובלת וכואבת. אני מלא בחרטה על ההתנהגות שהייתה לי. את האשמה הזאת אני סוחב כל יום, אני סוחב אותה כל החיים שלי. אני כן התבגרתי, אני השתנתי. אני רק יכול להבטיח דבר אחד, שאני אעשה את כל מה שאני יכול כדי להיות באמת בן אדם יותר טוב ולהועיל לחברה. רון קובי, ראש עיריית טבריה הנבחר, התפרץ לדיון של ועדה וביקורת המדינה של הכנסת והשתלח שם במבקר הפנים של העירייה בני אליהו על רקע סכסוך אישי ביניהם. 
הנה קטע מהדברים. הרי פיני נחרץ פה. עוד זה בחור אמרתם, הכל בחור אמרו, שהאיש הזה בא לפה, הוועדה הזאת היא הוקמה, חודש אוקטובר האחרון שבר את כל שיאי התיירות בישראל עד היום, למעלה מחצי מיליון תיירים שהכניסו למשק כשניים וחצי מיליארד שקלים ביקרו במהלכו בישראל. שר התיירות יריב לוין אמר לגלי צה"ל, לתיירות הנכנסת לישראל תרומה כלכלית אדירה ותרומה הסברתית חשובה לא פחות. הפוטנציאל של התיירות הוא עצום. ההכנסות באוקטובר היו שניים וחצי מיליארד שקל בחודש אחד, ואנחנו נמשיך ונפתח את התיירות לטובת המשק וההסברה הישראלית כאחד. והתחזית גשם מדי פעם מצפון הארץ ועד לצפון הנגב, שימו לב. חשש לשיטפונות בנחלי המזרח והדרום. אלה החדשות שעורך דן דובין.
עובדים את הקדוש ברוך הוא, מהווה Wow. Monday morning. Yaakov Shweki, of course, with Lo Yavod on a Monday morning broadcast on this November the 5th, the 27th of Mar Cheshvan. 11 minutes after 7 o'clock. A big shout-out to Rabbi Wasserman. We were there Thursday in Pittsburgh. The New York Post. Where do we have yesterday's post? Here we go. The New York Post yesterday on page... Um, let's see. The New York Post yesterday on page 12 discussed Rabbi Wasserman and his dedication to the community, plus, of course, the responsibility that he and his amazing Hevra Kedisha have uh, at the scene of the massacre in the Tree of Life in Pittsburgh. Uh, so anyway, a big shout-out to Rabbi Daniel Wasserman, and a, th- a thank you to him for uh, hosting us and finding time for us during a very, very Difficult and strenuous time on everybody in Pittsburgh, obviously. And, and to the Butlers, to Nina and Judge Danny, and to everybody in our own team who made the uh, broadcast so amazing, I thank everybody uh, for what was a historic, and the numbers bear it out, a historic uh, broadcast and a very necessary one for so many of us who really wanted to uh, pay our respects, to deliver a message of unity and solidarity and brotherhood, and thank God we were able to do that and represent everybody through these airwaves, and I'm very proud of that. JMNA on Monday with 51 degrees, rain and a high of 54. Reminder, tomorrow's election day. Do not forget. Tomorrow is election day. I'm, uh... Ah, I found it. 
I wanted to make sure I had my uh, Shul with a View. Shul with a View is a brand new book done by Ron Yitzchak Eisenman, a rabbi's personal journal, Shul with a View. Tomorrow, Rabbi Eisenman visits us here at JM in the AM. Tomorrow, Rabbi Eisenman visits us here at JM in the AM. You may have seen his column, Shul with a View, um, which is always in Mishpacha magazine. But he's got brand new material in this book as well, and uh, you'll find um, uh, uh, so many of these articles fascinating. Tomorrow, Rabbi Ron Yitzchak Eisenman will be in our studio. We'll talk about Shul with a View, a rabbi's personal journal here at JM in the AM. Very much looking forward to it. It'll be a big honor for us to have him walk into the studio, and I look forward to speaking with him. A big shout-out to our friends at Bedford-on-Park. You know, the calendar year is coming to an end. It's almost Thanksgiving. It's almost Hanukkah. It's unbelievable. It's it's traveling very quickly, to say the least. And our friends at Bedford-on-Park want to make sure that you have a a great holiday party, a wonderful Thanksgiving dinner for your family, a great Hanukkah celebration planned for your family, your clients, your staff. Bedford-on-Park is right in the middle of Manhattan, 61 East 34th Street in New York. They host Shevabrachas. They host holiday parties. They'll do anything uh, for your staff and clients to make them feel great, to have a wonderful dinner. They have a wonderful bar there, which is always a great bonus. Go to bedfordkitchen.com and make your reservation, bedfordkitchen.com. Bedford-on-Park located at 61 East 34th Street in New York. Again, if you have a Shevabrachas coming up, and you need it to be in Midtown at the end of the workday. If you have uh, if you have Thanksgiving dinner, do you like to plan for your family and friends? If you have um, a Hanukkah celebration you want to plan or a pre-2019 celebration for your staff and clients, Bedford-on-Park with their delicious steaks, great starters, wonderful entrees, phenomenal salads and soups, they are your go-to. They're open for lunch, open for dinner every single day, 61 East 34th Street in New York. Go to bedfordkitchen.com, bedfordkitchen.com for more information. Tomorrow, our Yeshiva League sports update. I'm thinking of playing because we we ended up not doing our Yeshiva League sports update at the right time last week. I'm thinking of playing both back-to-back. Last week's in the early part of the 7 o'clock hour, and then tomorrow's right after that. That is my intention. I don't think uh, Elliot Weiselberg, our sports editor, will mind. So that'll be coming up tomorrow. Yeshiva League sports update in the 7 o'clock hour here at the JM in the AM. All righty. On the NSN, Nahum Single Network app. Um, yeah, listener Terry says, the Chabad reaction is why they do more to bring Jews back to observance. Those that spoo negative negativity only push people away. So right. So true and well said. It was unbelievable being at the Shluchim conference last night at the big dinner and just being part of that whole scene. And as I said, the booklet they gave out, the Mishnayis booklet, four pages, and they gave out a memory of those who perished in the Pittsburgh Massacre. What a tremendous show of brotherhood, solidarity, and Jewish unity. The Lubavitcher Rebbe literally did feel that every single Jew was his brother and or sister, and a brother or sister, and uh, there's no question that his shluchim are taking that message and just running with it always and constantly. And it was really incredible and amazing. More coming up. You're listening to JM in the AM with Yehuda Green.
The Kalbach medley is done by our friends from 8th Day. JM and the AM. Reminder by Ron Yitzchak Eisenman. The book, Shul with a View. He visits us tomorrow, Election Day, here at JM and the AM. Before the uh, Kalbach medley done by 8th uh, Day, you heard Marake, that was Simcha Liner. Yehuda Green in there with Yi Baneh. Off of the Yearning album, Rabbi David Goldwasser's words: "Zechanishmas Rav Zebinovus of Alevi and Zechanishmas Esther Basrevus of Alevi." Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with morning chizuk. Good morning. We learn that Zerubavel did not call himself Eved. Hakadosh Baruch Hu called him Eved. What great merit did he have to get this name Eved from Hashem? The Tanah Develio says that Hashem was sitting among its hosts. Zerubavel was standing there, and Hashem revealed to him the Tamei Torah. The Talmud in Sanhedrin tells us, Zerubavel was born in Bavel. He lived the life of Archavos Adas. He had it all. He had Avadim, he had servants, and he also had a very great influence on his generation, both Jews and the nations alike. Zerubavel was considered to be one of those that reigned over Bavel. He was allowed to wear the special clothes of the Malchus of the kingdom. It tells us how distinguished he was. What was the great Ashba? He succeeded in convincing the people to leave Bavel and to go to Eretz Yisrael, something that Ezra Seifer, the Chacham of the generation, was not able to do. It wasn't easy for Zerubbabel. He had to leave behind all his riches, all of his honor, and join B'nai HaGoyla, join the exile, even though there were those who would make fun of him and try to interfere. It says there were many Jews who didn't want to go, and they were mousing him. They slandered him before the king. Where did Zerubbabel get this great power from? Hashem showed Zechariah Novi the menorah to focus on. How did this menorah illuminate the world with oil that burns and gets depleted? This is to give us the idea that a Dorosha something of holiness, needs Mesiras Nepesh. It has to have self sacrifice. Zerubbabel left behind the life of riches and satisfaction his rule, his authority, in order to light up the lives of the Jews who would go to Eretz Yisrael. This was the world of Zerubbabel. When the oil is used to light the menorah, the oil gets depleted. Hashem showed him clearly how he could best achieve for Bnei Yisrael by using of his kochos, by his talents and powers that Hashem gave him from Shemayim. May we follow suit and use all that we have, our talents and our kachos, in the service of Hashem. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. Shayam in the AM. Thank you, Rabbi Goldwasser. It is a Monday. Don't forget, tomorrow is election day. We can't stress enough how everybody, <coughs> excuse me, no matter what state you're in, you have to make sure to vote on election day. And by the way, Great story from listener Daniela, who uh, who said that uh, her nine-year-old daughter uh, was listening to the show on Friday. They're in Israel, of course, and she heard me remind everybody to change the clocks on Saturday night and about Election Day on Tuesday. 
this upcoming week. And she said to her mother, but we already did those things this past week. Yes. So <laughs> lots in common with the state of Israel. Uh, but our uh, election day and our uh, standard time uh, changing the clock day are not coordinated 100% yet. But now there's a seven-hour difference between here and Israel. And just like there was election day last week in Israel, we have election day tomorrow. Keep that in mind. I think the runoff in the Yerushalayim election is tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken. So obviously we'll keep a close eye on that. Well, this past Shabbat, I had the unbelievable privilege to use the new Steinsaltz Chumash. Those of you who are not aware of it, Haravadin Evan Yisrael Steinsaltz. That's right. Rav Steinsaltz himself is responsible for the brand new edition, the Steinsaltz Chumash. Chamisha Chumshe Torah done in a uh, an absolutely in- incredible format, beautifully done as you would expect from the uh, people at the Koren and the Steinsaltz Center. And with us live via telephone from Israel is Rabbi Meni Evan Yisrael, Executive Director of the Steinsaltz Center and the son, of course, of the great Rabbi Adin Evan Yisrael Steinsaltz. Rabbi Meni Evan Yisrael, a pleasure to welcome you to JM in the AM. Thank you so much, Nachum. Well, thank you for welcoming me the, this lovely morning. The, the Chumash is amazing, and it has so many. Thank you. It has so many things that um, uh, you know make its format and make its uh, purpose so much uh, different than what we're used to. Um, let, let's start with some. First of all, this it's one volume. It's one volume of the entire Chumash. Uh, I guess at some point your father had to decide what would make this format, and we do know that your father is an expert at original formats. He had to decide which yes. which format would be the best for a brand new chumash. What, what was behind the way this chumash would eventually be laid out? I mean, one one of the reason we had in mind is that we would like the the commentaries very similar to our English commentary or. The, any commentary we did in the past, that the, the translation and commentary will be intertwined with the original text. We want people to be able to read it smoothly as much as they can. We want them to have not to be, don't have the need to go somewhere else, that they have the ability to read it directly and get the maybe preliminary concept and preliminary perush available for them on spot. And that is the reason <laughs> and that is the reason why when one looks at the English side of the brand new Chumash, they are going to see in bold letters the, the words that you're actually or that your father is actually translating and then in between words in regular print that again are there to assist one in understanding what's going on. Correct. Correct. And addition- And we do the same thing by the way in the Talmud and this right. is a method for of almost uh, sixty years. Yeah, I was just going to say, if one would have to, um, if one would have to talk about the most glaring, you know, Steinzaltzian uh, contribution to the world of publishing, that would probably be it, right? Where the where one is not just reading the uh, the translation, but the commentary uh, that really assists one in understanding the translation is right there on the spot within the pasuk itself or within the passage yes. itself, right? Absolutely. And, and I think that's the big one of the definitely one of the most unique uh, features of this. You don't have to run away. This is it. It's in here in the text, and it's, I think it's very transparent and it's very clear and very aiding to the reader. It's not coming, if God forbid, from a point of view of you know arrogance. Read only mine, but the other way around, it's going to give. This is really the pshat. This is the way 
simplicity dictates we should read this. Right. And I think that's the really the one of the biggest benefit of this edition. Rabbi Meni Evan Yisrael is with us, executive director of the Steinzalt Center. Now, Rashi in this Chumash, to me, looks like, quote-unquote, regular Rashi print, a regular Rashi script, what we're used to. Yet it seems somewhat different. Is there something there that I'm missing, or is it just a clearer look at Rashi physically in terms of the physical page than we're used to? It's a bit clearer. Um, our publisher, Karen, had some adjustment to the font that is much more clearer and much more closer to the original version of Rashi, mm. which make it easier to Hebrew reader, not necessarily Rashi reader, to read. It's much closer to the original Hebrew, in a sense, than, than the traditional Rashi that we see. It just, it's clearer, cleaner, and simplified again, that it's make it more accessible to people to read. Yeah, it jumps off the page at you with this current font and... As you just said, now I understand. Now, now, now I had you put it into words. That for those of us who read Hebrew, it's simply easier to read it um, right. uh, than than the traditional Rashi script. Now, tell me about the colored pictures. You know, not not every chumash since the chumash started being published includes uh, colored pictures. Again, we, we believe that today we are fighting on on available time in people shul synagogue. Kids' time. We want them to be as interested as as in, interested as possible, and we think color is really the the standard of the system today. We establish it first in in of course the English the no edition of the Talmud, the English uh, what are called the standards English Talmud, and we we will continue doing it in every we try to do it in every publication we have to make it really I think more accessible. I think that's the standards of today. Should not be anything different. This is colorful. It's nice. It gives some refreshing uh, look at things. Yeah, and basically you can't get away with anything else if you want to really make your mark these days in the world right. of publishing. Uh, Rabbi Meni Evan Yisrael is with us talking about the brand new Steinzaltz Chumash. Now, um, uh, th- there, there's a discussion, uh, or there's a section called discussion at the bottom, essentially, of every page of the Chumash. I guess one might call that commentary. Is there a reason why, in this case, it's called discussion? Because I think that the, it's, sorry, excuse me, this is not a, a necessary thing to understand the text. Uh-huh. You can read the text with the actual commentary intertwined with the text. This has additional points to think, to idea, to reflect, to ponder with other commentators. It brings up other questions and other ideas, information, background, um, historical facts, um, different languages that have been used in the text, et cetera, et cetera. Again, it's very similar to a Talmud. We have right. it in this side, the historical, biographical, and uh, sometimes academic view of things. Right. Yeah, I hear that. When your father started and became well-known in terms, in terms of the Talmud, his goal at that point was to translate the Talmud into, into easier Hebrew, right? From Aramaic to, right. to relatively easy Hebrew. What, what was his first venture into the English language? His first venture actually was, uh, in my opinion, was actually the, a book called, two books. One is the Essential Talmud. It was printed in the early 70s, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, was really basically a basic guide to the Talmud, giving a reflection. It was the first time. And the second one was the, his ma- masterwork on Jewish mysticism, the 13 Petal Rose, which both of those have been printed very early 
in his career. So, so, relatively. so if your father would be, uh, if your father would have started a bit later, let's put it that way, uh, because he understood the need to have these uh, these svarim, uh, these holy books published in English. Uh, he would have done it. In other words, it, it wasn't that he specifically wanted the Talmud to be in easy Hebrew. That was the need of the time. And 10, 15, 20 right. years later, he likely would have gone toward the English. Absolutely. There's no question. English was always a part of it. He's, uh, again, our motto or logo, I'm not sure I can differentiate between the two, is let my people know. Right. Uh, we're emphasizing this on everything we do. We like people to know our text. And happen to be the the majority, maybe the second, secondary majority of the Jewish people is English-speaking. I mean, if you put England and the United States together, so it's definitely right. the majority of the Jewish people speaking English, and clearly that's the next stage, translating everything to English. Um, the, this was done, by the way, the Chumash, based on 900 of his weekly classes on Parshat HaShavua, uh, which is pretty amazing. Where, where were the bulk of those delivered? They were actually delivered to a small group of people in his office. Wow. We started this project in the in the called the sundown of their Hebrew translation of the Talmud. The rabbi, my father, started uh, giving a class every day on Tanakh, a video, and had some minimum audiences. The reason we didn't make it public was to be able so we have more question asked from the audience. People are more in tune with them, so we can define the class better. Amazing, I'll tell you. Uh, just incredible. And there's a lot of cross-references in the discussion in the brand-new Chumash uh, about you know cross-references that are found in other places in Tanakh. And frankly, and this is no—I'm not comparing. I'm just saying, with your father's vast knowledge of Tanakh and its relationship to the Talmud as well, we are probably getting a product in that regard that nobody else can deliver. That is true. I, I believe so, too. And also the references, also his vast knowledge, helped also to bring other information that most people probably even not even consider them to be part of it. And his ability also to decide which mafarsh goes and which mafarsh doesn't go in for the commentary, it's also outstanding. Amazing, I'll tell you. By the way, I mean, every, everyone tuned in uh, who's familiar with your father and his wonderful uh, 80th birthday celebration which coincided with this project uh, in the early part of 2018 would like to know how he's doing how is your father doing at this point so uh, thank god you know he's physically doing amazing Baruch he's uh, probably in the best shape he was a long long time uh he still have a major damage to his speech and ability to express new ideas. He's, he's managing to say, you know, yes, no, maybe, not now, and, and simpler uh, simpler information. Um, and you told me off the air that none of that has stopped his his constant study and his constant uh, um, uh, pursuit of publishing. Absolutely not. I mean, it's outstanding when I come now to his house, which he spent, by definition, more time than he spent before. There's a pile of books on his desk, reading and reading more. And he's at work literally every day for about six, seven hours a day. He basically annotates our texts. We're giving, them, we're giving him material that was, went through basic editing, and he does the annotation, which means he, he cross-reference or he circle or mark things that he wants to be put in, put out. Not every time we understand it completely because, again, he cannot write. 
you just can mark it. Right. But it's tremendous help to the work. I mean, it's going now through the last um, last last parts of the Mishnah. We're doing a major Mishnah project in Hebrew. We hope to publish to publish the entire 13 volume of the Mishnah by in this year in Hebrew, and we go through the last edit. And the same thing about completion of the Nevim and Ketuvim in English. Also, it's been done. He does the last review of it. Hopefully also, we hope to publish it in this coming year. Amazing. Rabbi Meni Evan Yisrael, he's executive director of the Steinzalt Center. The brand new Steinzalt Schumash is out. This is uh, a Koran publication. All Hamishachum Sheit Torah, the five books of the Torah, are of course in it. What's it like working with the people at Koran? Again, sorry? What's it like working with the people at Koran? Oh, it's outstanding. I mean, their ability, their design... Their uh, publishing abilities is, is, again, mapping second to none. They, we really in cahoot with each other, trying to find the best way to um, moving forward, finding better ideas, sometimes better paper, best, better way to dis- distribute uh, material. They may, I think they're outstanding. I mean, the work they do, not just for Steinders, but for the Jewish world, giving, again, a fresh view on what Jewish text is, and it's not only one way, but it's multitude of ways. Uh, it's outstanding. Yeah, I'd have to agree with everything you've said. It's really amazing. And when people see this new Chumash, uh, they will see exactly what you mean uh, based on this. And we should mention, by the way, uh, especially for the synagogues that are considering the brand new Chumash, etc., uh, it's not just the commentary that's within the English text that's easier and that's you know more user-friendly in 2018. The actual co- The actual translation... Is, is is done in a way that you know one would speak more like in the vernacular than the traditional way that uh, uh, that Chumashim were translated years ago. Absolutely, uh, that, and that's again one of the purposes of this book. In a way, this is a new, fresh translation of the five books of Moshe, and of course the rest of Nevim Ktuvim right. in the last you know several decades. Pretty amazing. Just just when you thought we've had all the chumashim we need, right? <laughs> your father, has, yep. your father has proven that this is an amazing addition uh, to uh, all the different collections of chumashim. Uh, check it out, everybody. It's the Steinzaltz Chumash Hebrew English alike, or by Steinzaltz's translation and commentary in the current Talmud Bavli. The new chumash includes a treasure trove of information to make the chumash clear, exciting, and relevant to the modern reader. Just came out in Cholamoid Sukkot, correct? Yes, this is correct. It literally, I mean, we're talking about... The fresh, w- fresh. Yeah, we're fresh ta- out of the print. Talking about a month ago, it, it started uh, being distributed. Everybody out there can check out the Koran website. You'll see the brand new Steinsaltz Chumach. It's called the Lewis Weisfeld Edition with commentary by Adin Evan Yisrael Steinsaltz. Rabbi Meni Evan Yisrael, continued success. Best regards to your father, of course. And wish, sure. wish him a Mazal Tov, not only on the birthday, but on yet another amazing publication. Thank you, sir. Tadarabalacha. And have a great week. You as well, Roy. Many Evan Yisrael, executive director of the Steinzaltz Center, son of Rav Steinzaltz, and the brand new Chumash is absolutely incredible. I used it. I used it this past Shabbat for a uh, an amazing commentary that Rav Steinzaltz writes about regarding Ishmael and uh, why Yishmael, and why the description of Ishmael's death is so similar to the description of Avraham Avinu's death. Very interesting. And you can check it out. Brand new Steinsaltz Chumash. 13 minutes before 8 o'clock. It's a Monday morning broadcast at JM in the AM.
JM in the AM. That's from uh, Shalshelis. Uh, it's like Rosenthal and Company with that um, coming home selection. Ishtabach done by Yaakov Shweki. You want those latter? No? And Shalshelis Jr. had Yafia Fisa to open up that set. Monday morning broadcast, JM in the AM. It is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners sponsored digital radio around the world on the web and NahumSegal.com on the NahumSegal network and of course on the beloved NSN app. Who am I speaking to in our studio just moments ago? That would be the one and only Robert Katz, who claims that his headphones are at the perfect volume level. Good morning, sir. That was miraculous. That was miraculous. That was a great transformation within seconds. Well, thank you very much. Very good. You you must have been doing this a long time. Robert is the chief development officer. At the uh, OHEL organization. Do we still call it OHEL Children's Home and Family Services? We still do. It's a mouthful, but... Uh... OHEL Children's Home and Family Services. And I am one of those people. There are probably others. In fact, many associated with the organization. I was thrilled to hear that Robert Katz is back as Chief Development Officer. Uh, and good luck this Sunday. This Sunday... My, my it... mother was also, by the way. She was happy about oh, it? Oh, yeah. Very happy. Baruch Hashem. Susie, my wife, too. Yeah. Um... So good luck Sunday because Sunday is the big 2018 OHEL Gala uh, happening this Sunday, the 11th of November. We have amazing honorees. It's going to be a great night. We've had an opportunity already to speak about it with Jake Hestenbaum and Mike Hellman. And uh, I'm hoping everybody comes out because I've said this. I know we have a guest on the phone who we're going to get to in a moment, but I, I've said this before and I'm going to say it with you here. I don't know. I, I, I guess not only you, but some of your staff members are responsible for this. It is always one of the most inspiring nights of the year. I can list for you plenty of uninspiring dinners. Would you like me to do that for you, Robert, or should I uh, hold off on that? <laughs> no, it's okay. I, I, I'm, I'm quite familiar. <laughs> I could list for you plenty of no, uninspiring. I've been there, I done could, that. I could list for you dinners that people like to stay for the dinner portion and then leave before the program. That's how uninspiring it is. But wait before you respond, one second. In this case, for some reason every single year, OHEL does something, and by the way, usually it's very different each and every year. It's not just like they're following the same format. They do something each year to make it really amazing, whether it's a special guest speaker, whether it's someone from outside the community, whether it's someone who's directly been involved with and has benefited from the services of OHEL, whether it's a special video that's been done. It's always something really inspiring, and that's one of the reasons why they've had all the success for over 40 years. Our mantra in the development department at OHEL is inspire or go home. Right. And you take that seriously. Very seriously. Uh, and that will be the same this coming Sunday for a period of somewhere between 60 and 70 minutes. Everybody will have an opportunity after dinner to really be inspired and to enjoy a uh, phenomenal program and then uh, and to you know meet some people who are real Jewish heroes uh, in our community. Uh, one of them is with us live via telephone. There are many distinguished honorees, as we've been saying, for this coming Sunday night, including Harvey of Blessed Memory and Gloria Cayley. Uh, Jake Hestenbaum, who we mentioned, is co-president now of OHEL, as he'll join Mel Zachter. The testimonial for Mike Hellman, who is now going to be the uh, president emeritus. We discussed that with both of them when they were here. Linda and Ellie Gottlieb are awardees, as are Jenny and Barry Horowitz. They will receive the Professional Leadership Award. And um, as you told me off the air, Barry, who's with us live via telephone, uh, was with OHEL for four years and now has his uh, own practice and has seen and we'll discuss this with him, has seen some of the very, very challenging situations in our community up close and personal. Barry Horowitz, welcome to JM in the AM. 
Nachum, thank you so much for having me, and uh, and Robert, of course, for um, for inviting me as well to come on. Any opportunity, and this is going to sound very social worky, but any opportunity I have to uh, to to speak from the heart about OHEL and the services that are provided, for me, it's a uh, it's an absolute honor uh, to be able to do that, um, and even more so to to, to have been chosen to uh, to to you know to represent uh, at the gala. You know, as well. you, you know, Robert uh, briefed me off the air that you are involved. Unfortunately, uh, but fortunately for those victims, you're involved in many cases of abuse that you uh, that you see and are and, and that are brought to you um, in our community. Is that the type? And this is in private practice, of course. Is that the type of work you did during the four years you were with OHEL? Well, to me, it's very interesting because I actually uh, came to OHEL really, really right after grad school, and so I had the uh, I had the opportunity when I started. Um, it was uh, it was intense. It was it was difficult. It was definitely um, you know many tears that were uh, were shed in doing that work. But yes, I did a lot of work with uh, with trauma and abuse, and also with teens who are uh, who are on the streets. Um, the administration at OHEL really said, "Don't just uh, don't just." Don't just care about them. Go out there. So they had myself and a couple of colleagues go out. Uh, really, when, uh, when when the awareness of adolescents at risk was uh, was, was just kind of getting started, is to it, go out onto the streets and to and to be uh, helping them out. Is it hard to get good at that? If if you start, you know, right after school, <clears throat> and usually in any position, someone would need months, if not years, of training, et cetera, et cetera. Is it hard to get good at that? Is it hard to you know make an impact immediately in that position? It's uh, it's an awe-inspiring process, but uh, one of the things about OHEL, which was really really incredible, was uh, right from the start they provided us with the uh, with the infrastructure that was needed in terms of supervision and support, uh, making sure also that uh, we didn't burn ourselves out uh, in the process. So it was a learning experience, but it was also a learning experience about what um, what's what's provided uh, for the community uh, by OHEL. Uh, OHEL has never been um, uh, overly nervous about saying, okay, look, we have issues that we have to deal with, uh, be it domestic abuse or be it depression or anxiety or foster care. Um, we're going we're, we're gonna to tackle it, but we're going to do it in a way that's, uh, that, that's responsible and effective. And I've taken that with me in, in, into my practice over the past uh, quarter century, and uh, that, that it's a real responsibility not only to be courageous enough to help, but to be able to create, be courageous enough to do so in a way that, that's effective and responsible. Barry Horowitz is with us. He and his wife, Jenny, professional leadership awardees, is coming Sunday night. We're encouraging everybody in this audience to be at the OHEL Dinner in New York City this coming Sunday. Go to ohelgala.org, ohelgala.org for all the information. Um, the, uh, at, at some point, I guess, it, it sounds like at least, uh, once those four years at OHEL uh, were completed, uh, it was time for you to move into your private practice. It sounds like you took a lot of what you learned with you as you went and, uh, and started your own place. Well, uh, I'll say, Nachum, not only did I take it with me, I was, I was lucky enough uh, that, uh, first of all, I had um, the ability to, to reach out to people like David Mandel and to, and to the more to Asher of David Cohen, uh, even after I had left, which has been really incredibly important uh, to myself and to my wife and my family, because this is very hazardous work. And so to be able to be able to maintain contact with people who are such leaders in the field is important. I also um, 
you know, I guess this is uh, this is uh, another message in that regard. I left OHEL. I did start building up my private practice, uh, but I, I came back two times in different on different levels as well. Once as a coordinator, as a part-time coordinator, and then once as a as a um, consultant uh, to Long Island Services. Mm. And so I got to really see what OHEL is about, not only as a worker in the field in the trenches, but also on different levels of uh, uh, of the organization. All right, Barry, in as in as sensitive a way as possible. Can you? Okay. Can you? He's talking to a therapist. So. <laughs> <laughs> can you? Can you tell me and this audience the type of situations that come across your desk on a daily basis? Yes. Um, I mean, uh, I happen to do a lot of work with uh, with trauma and abuse, and so I have people who come to uh, to my office uh, having gone through some really, really difficult abusive experiences and or who have experienced uh, uh, different forms of addictions or uh, methods of trying to cope with the, uh, with the trauma that they've been through. Um, oftentimes, they'll, they'll come on in, and they're in a very, very difficult emotional uh, place. Uh, but, uh, but to be able to really kind of sit with them, you know, one of the things I learned early in my career is it's not about the diagnosis that comes to the office, but it's about the person who comes to your office. With their background, et cetera. You're right, right. In fact, there's a lot of research that says that even in terms of the training that you have as a therapist, the, uh, the most important piece is, is do you bring your heart into it? Um, and if there's the ability for the person sitting across from you to really be able to feel like uh, you're, you're with them, uh, that's when the, the growth happens. Uh, so I've done a lot of work with, uh, with trauma, with addictions, and uh, uh, adolescent services and, uh, and family services. You, well. must, you must have to have a lot of patience, and I don't, I don't mean those who you serve. I'm talking about, you know, the savlanut. You must have a, right. must have a lot of patience because the, this is not a simple come in for a day and let's fix the problem type problem. This is long-term and one that often, I'm sure, will involve other family members and people in that person's life, and, and this can go on for a long, long time. It can. It can. Um, one of the, uh, well, I think one of the most important things is for, as a therapist, you know, someone comes in and they'll, they'll share with you a, a story of abuse that perhaps happened um, 15, 20 years ago right. uh, when they were adolescents or when they were children. And they've never really spoken about it. They never uh, had the, uh, the 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 ability uh, to to open up about it. And when you hear about it, the first thing you want to do is you want to uh, you, you want to give them tools. You know what I'm saying? You want to give them techniques. You want to take away the pain. Uh, I myself have had to learn, and this is probably this is a very very important piece is to is to be able to slow down. Uh, to take a deep breath and to uh, and, and that so much of the work is is being able to hear their story with them to uh, to not only hear their tears but to to you know perhaps shed a tear with them as well. From there, people we've seen amazing miracles, and not not just because of I'm not saying because of my work, but just because of the uh, the, the power of the spirit. And um, and and when you could be there with them and and give them a place to to share and to open, um, it's amazing how resilient people can be in terms of yeah slowly but uh, but rebuilding their uh, their lives and experiences. Half your time is probably spent telling parents and other loved ones that there's plenty of hope here. You just have to be really patient. 
Right, right, right. And then for others, uh, for others, people want so much to feel as if, oh, this is going to be okay. It's going to be all right right away, right. And, uh, and and allow them to see that uh, that you know time takes time. We're, we'll be there throughout the process, but um, but let's 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 give it the time and the space for uh, for the healing to uh, to happen. Barry Horowitz is here. He's actually with us live via telephone. He and his wife Jenny receiving the professional. Leadership Award this coming Sunday night for the OHEL Dinner. Go to ohelgala.org, ohelgala.org, as we encourage everybody out there to participate in this coming Sunday night's dinner. Uh, Barry, you alluded to it earlier. Uh, Why would you recommend that people support OHEL and be there for them this coming Sunday night? Uh, to me, it's a no-brainer. I I, uh, I hate to be so flippant about it, but uh, OHIL is an organization that that provides an absolute breadth of services, such a wide range of services. You'll have an individual who might come in uh, in you know, on a caseload of a particular therapist within OHIL, and you know, one hour they're sitting with a uh, with a woman who has come through the door with her kids and is reeling from the realities of uh, of domestic abuse. Mm. Uh, another person might uh, come on in and and be dealing with anxiety or or, or depression, uh, trauma, et cetera, et cetera. And for uh, for OHEL, uh, the services that are uh, that are provided all under one roof, although obviously many roofs within OHEL, right. but um, all of these uh, days is, almost is, is amazing. It's a it's it's really a uh, an organization that. Uh, that provides services for for the Jewish community and in a culturally sensitive uh, way that um, I don't know where we as professionals, where we as a community would be without. And I like to point out, as we said last week on the air, that <laughs> most organizations are good at one thing, call like a vote to them, and they should continue to be experts at that thing for the Jewish community worldwide. It, it is, it's no secret that OHEL has this expertise in so many different areas sometimes it's to their detriment frankly because people you know lose track of all different things they're doing but it's amazing how different areas of of life including the one that you're directly involved with is something that they've become expert at over the years yeah david mandel had had told me uh, a couple of months ago that um just in terms of some of the populations that I, i i myself um wasn't aware of just how many elderly uh are are being treated by uh by all health right. thousands of uh, of patients school based services as well trauma these are areas that um are their own unique specialization and for OHEL to have the expertise to, to be able to do all that speaks to the leadership and the uh, and and the wide range of services Where, that, that's provided. Where's your private practice, and what area of the uh, community? Oh, that's a good question. I um, I'm actually in uh, the five towns and and in Brooklyn, and uh, just recently I opened up a, an office in Muncie. Hmm. So um, roll over. The so place. if my wife is uh, listening, uh, <laughs> I promise I'm not going to uh, open up a fourth one. Not 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 anytime soon. Not yet, at least. Uh, easiest <laughs> easiest way for people to reach you is there a website or a uh, contact? Sure, probably the best way to to reach me would be through the office at six four six. Five nine six two six five five. Again, it's uh, that's six four six five nine six two six five five. Or uh, you could Google Courageous Journeys Therapeutic Services, and you could uh, find my uh, my website. As you, well. could, you could also come Sunday night and shake Barry's hand and wish him a Mazel Tov. Ohelgala.org, everybody, for this coming Sunday night. Robert Katz, you wanted to add, sir. You know, uh, one of the terms that I learned uh, since joining OHEL, uh, Barry, the the perfect example uh, of what the average person just couldn't possibly dream of is the the term 
uh, and the syndrome Munchausen by proxy. If you want to tell people, oh. if you want to tell people what that's all about, and because I witnessed the child, the foster child, uh, being taken by one of our drivers into our building, and one of our drivers was carrying a little girl, maybe a year and a half, took her out of the car, and I was standing outside with David Mandel and. It was in Brooklyn, and everyone was going about their business on their daily lives, and everyone was doing their own thing, and no one could have possibly noticed what we were noticing, which was one of our transportation workers removing a girl from a car and bringing her to Ohel to meet her biological mother with whom she had visitation once a week because the mother has Munchausen by proxy. Yeah, I mean, it's not just Munchausen. There's so so many different disorders that... You know, I, I was thinking about it on the way uh, on the way here. In private practice, if I see a uh, a family that has many many uh, uh, ailments that they're that they're dealing with, um, I could possibly see the uh, the the teenager. Let's say that's a, that's that's having difficulties. Let's say is uh, is involved in uh, addictive behaviors. Um, but uh, but what I can't do is, as a private practitioner as well, is I can't. Uh, turn to a psychiatrist who's sitting right uh, right across from me and say and say hey what do you think in terms of the diagnosis I can't um, I, I can't speak to a therapist who's doing group therapy uh, for adolescents and, and say hey how's the group going how's he doing in terms of uh, the skills work that he's building I can't uh, turn to another therapist who might be able to provide uh, supportive therapy for the parents and parenting responses for uh, for adolescents. At Ohel, you could do that all under one uh, under one roof. And because they've seen so many different types of scenarios come through their door, um, it, they they become uh, like Robert has said, experts in really being able to pick up some of the nuances that uh, that others can't. So it's um, it's just it's just I, I keep repeating myself, but Jenny and I often talk about the fact that. Where would things be? Where would the community be without a, an organization like OHELP? And, the, and there, but for the grace of God, go we. I mean, this this mother was was projecting onto this little girl all kinds of yeah. ailments and all kinds of sicknesses, which she really did not have, and putting right. her through surgeries and having her visit doctors and having her uh, go, take blood tests upon blood test upon blood test at age one and a half as an effort to control her life. Right. I mean, there are all sorts of stories like that. I, I, I remember when we used to do, um, when I was working for OHEL, and, and we would go out and, and, and do uh, training for the community, which is also another uh, aspect. Um, they, they do so much training for, uh, for the community and for teachers and for, uh, for schools. And after the, uh, after the workshops, uh, we would have people who would come over to us who for years had been dealing with, uh, be it uh, you know, uh, sexual victimization or their own internal uh, postpartum depression, and, uh, and say, I'm, I'm so happy that you spoke on this. I haven't spoken to anyone in three decades about what happened with my, with my family, uh, and I'm wondering, can I set up a time for, uh, to come on in? Um, so unbelievable. So, you know, we heard a, we heard a lot about obviously organizations, wonderful organizations being in Pittsburgh last week. Right. Um, yeah. Ohel wasn't there last week. Nahum Ohel is there this week. Right. I get that. Doctor Norman, and, and they'll be there for the next half oh, a year. Oh, probably. oh yeah. Doctor Norman Blumenthal and Civi Ryder and Cheryl Chernovsky are on the ground right now in Pittsburgh. They had a major event last night at Hillel Academy for parents. Mm. Today they're meeting with students separately. They're meeting with teachers separately. And, um, you know, 
uh, again, as we go about our business and as we go about our daily lives, um, these these angels are on the ground um, helping the community heal and listening to everyone's story. Um, and so Pittsburgh, unfortunately, will ultimately become just something that we all remember. But um, now is the time that the post-traumatic stress disorder kicks in. Now is the time right. where the community starts to really cry and heave and mourn and in a serious way, and, and we're there now. And try to get back to the regular of, lives. Of course, of course. Uh, Barry Horowitz, he's available in the five towns, Brooklyn and Muncie, and it sounds like really for anybody in our community, you can contact him at 646-596-2655. He and his wife, Jenny, being recognized as professional leadership awardees by OHEL this coming Sunday night, and everybody's encouraged to be there this coming Sunday and to enjoy the OHEL 49th annual gala at the Sheraton New York Times Square hotel barry thank you very very much and mazal tov to you oh thank you so much i appreciate the opportunity to come on in uh much appreciated thank you so much for joining us this morning barry you were very well grounded i'm proud of you (laughs) (laughs) this is this was practice right when do we go live this was the rehearsal right (laughs) that's a good one i'm surprised i'm surprised more of my guests don't go down that route Information at 718-972-9338 or ohelfamily.org or ohelgala.org for this coming Sunday night. Robert Katz. Two two real announcements on this gala. First of all, today is the journal deadline, and this is not a Jewish deadline. This is a real deadline. It's already Monday. Today is the real deadline. Five o'clock today. We close the journal, send it to print. We are still one of those great uh, uh, old-fashioned organizations that that produces a a, a journal. And people take it home and read it, and and especially the honorees, and and they love it. They really do. Uh, That's A. B, we do expect this event to be sold out. Um, We are going to be at the Sheraton this year. We usually are at the Marriott Marquis. The Sheraton has 200 less seats. And so we are very, very close to our maximum capacity of 1,000 guests and we expect that by Thursday night, uh, we will start having to create a wait list. So uh, I really do urge everybody everybody to get your reservations in um, as soon as possible. Buffet dinner, 5, program 6.30. 6.40. Right. Uh, and we give you a 5-minute, 10-minute notice as to when the program starts so you can go and load your plate up with more food hmm. so you can feed yourself during the program and enjoy it. Very strategic it's of It's like you. dinner and a show. <laughs> it really is. If you're, if well, you won't be bored with the program, but anybody who would like to turn their attention to the food would be able to do so if they if they wanted to. Correct. I thank you, Robert Katz, Chief Development Officer at OHEL. We wish you the greatest success this coming Sunday night. I think that um, uh, the honorees are amazing. Uh, remembering Harvey Cayley is uh, is a chapter of this organization in and of itself, a very large and incredible chapter, and this other chapter of uh, Mike Hellman moving. Uh, to um, President Emeritus and Jay Kestenbaum coming in, as we pointed out when they were both here, is also very significant. So so even now, during the 49th anniversary gala, not 40, not 50, not, eight, year's, not 18, right. there's they, 49, you have some significant well, stuff going on. Let, let me tell you a word about Harvey Kaley, Alav HaShalom. Um, one of the reasons I'm in this business, one of the reasons I've stayed in this business for close to 30 years, is because I'm convinced that there are true angels among us who are flying around doing God's work. They're under the radar. They don't expect a lot. They don't ask for a lot. They demand accountability, which is right. fine. And appropriate. Uh, and appropriate, of course. Um, Harvey Cayley was an angel among us. Uh, and uh, for those who didn't know him, didn't know how he operated, um, we all could learn an incredible amount about 
how we treat our fellow Jew, our brothers and sisters, and about philanthropy and giving in the most gentle and kind yet accountable ways. Um, and if he, if he loved you and if he appreciated the work that you did, which of course he did with Ohel and, Camp, and, and by creating Camp Cayley for right. us, um, there were no limits, no bounds to his love, to his profound wisdom, to what he taught all of us, to what he taught our campers, our staff. We, we stood in awe of him. And um, we are celebrating, we are not memorializing him. We are celebrating his legacy, his legacy and his life together with Gloria. And you should point out to our audience, if you don't mind, that you've, you've met other angels as well. Oh, there, there are a handful plus of these angels. I, I like, because in, in a world where sometimes people can be somewhat cynical about how things work when it comes to supporting great causes, they should realize that you really have met some incredible, sincere, under-the-radar angels who are who are there. Oh, if I were writing a book, um, Gloria and Harvey Cayley, top five. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. All right, we'll see you Sunday. Call a vote to you. Take care. Thanks. We look forward to seeing you also and seeing uh, as many listeners as possible. Tadaraba. Yes, listeners, get your reservations in. Journal closes today. Be in touch with OHEL. Easiest ways through the web, ohelgala.org or ohelfamily.org. And, of course, you could use the old traditional phone number, 718-972-9338, 718-972-9338. This is JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. Avramel, it's Avram Fried, of course. Achim Banefesh. Uh, happy birthday, number 14, to Rachel Dina Gifter of Staten Island. Mazav to Rachel Dina's Tati and Mommy, or by Yaakovich Hashanah Gifter and all her siblings. Uh, Rodi, we wish we could celebrate your special day in person, but just the thought of your always smiling face puts a huge smile on ours. We love you tons. Hope to see you soon. Happy birthday. Much love from Bubby and Zadie, Florida. Everybody in this audience knows who that is. Cena and Ira down in Florida. Happy birthday from all of us here at JM in the AM. Tomorrow on this program, Rabbi Ron Yitzchak Eisenman. Shul with a View is the name of the book. Shul with a View, a rabbi's personal journey. Shul with a View is the book. We speak to Rabbi Ron Yitzchak Eisenman live in studio tomorrow. Tomorrow's election day. Tomorrow is election day. In the United States, no matter what state you're in, you make sure to um, vote tomorrow on Election Day, please. Uh, kudos to uh, our friends at Chabad. It was an amazing and incredible experience last night being there at the Chabad Shluchim conference at the big dinner. Thank you to Rabbi Herson for inviting me. It was just a beautiful dinner. And, of course, on the um, on each table there were many booklets of Mishnayis, one Mishnah. One Mishnah that was dedicated to the memory of those who perished in the Pittsburgh Massacre. Pretty amazing with their names and everything. Leave it to our brothers and sisters in Chabad to remember our brothers and sisters of all backgrounds and to do so at their highest moment when they're all together from around the world. The Lubavitcher felt every single Jewish person was in fact his brother and sister and the Shluchim take that attitude and take it very, very seriously. Kolakavod, Kolakavod, it was an honor to be there. More coming up. You're listening to JM in the AM. My apologies to my good friend Shim Kramer. I don't normally like to uh, cut him off in the middle of a beautiful selection. Special guest with us live via telephone on this Monday morning. The young Israel of East Brunswick is the place this coming Shabbos when a special chazan is going to be leading tefillah. 
and that is uh, Jason Rosenblatt. Jason Rosenblatt is going to be at the Young Israel of East Brunswick as Chazan is coming Shabbos, the weekend of November 9th and 10th. And on Saturday night, his group, Strymel, that's the name of the group, Strymel, <laughs> is going to be performing a high-octane mix of not-so-traditional Eastern European Jewish and Turkish music, led by innovative composer, pianist, and harmonica player Jason Rosenblatt. Strymel's blues rock-infused set delivers a new look at some centuries-old folk music. Jason Rosenblatt, welcome to JM in the AM. Hi, hi. Thank you for having me. Nice to meet you in this uh, in this forum. Th- this uh, Strymel—that's the name of the group, right? This goes back that's, to that's, th- this goes back to two thousand two. Two thousand two. That's when we put out uh, our first our first album. And in addition and to in, in addition to what I just read, how would you describe your unique tech take on some of the great m- melodies of our tradition? Basically, uh, we started off playing pretty traditional, I would say, uh, Hasidic music and klezmer music, instrumental folk music. Uh, and but in lieu of the violin or clarinet, I was playing harmonica as the lead instrument. I, I grew up uh, playing harmonica and piano, and really loved blues. So it kind of make it a, the sound a little a little harsher, a little dirtier. Um, and uh, so that was the beginning of the group. And as the group progressed, I started writing my own original music. Again, based in the Jewish traditions, but but my own melodies. Tell me about Motzei Shabbat in jazz. Motzei Shabbat in jazz. Basically, we have a, a wonderful quartet uh, featuring an Israeli saxophonist who recently moved to Montreal. His name is Tevet Sela, and the idea it's going to be a kind of a mix of some of our uh, repertoire, some of our. Uh, original, again, uh, Eastern European-inspired uh, Jewish music, and then Tevet brings a lot of the Mizrahi uh, influence to it. So it's kind of going to be a mix of uh, East to West, um, and, of course, a lot of improvisation. Uh, but we're going to throw in some melodies uh, that are, I would say, that are more familiar to people and kind of give them a bit of a jazz treatment just to keep, uh, just to, just to keep people um, uh, giving them something a little familiar. Uh, what's been the reaction to your group? But I ask it like that because sometimes our uh, listeners have trouble with uh, with new concepts or concepts that are a little bit off the beaten path. What's been the reaction for you guys? Well, th- last night, for instance, we were just at playing. We just played a show at Cafe Lina, which is a place in Saratoga, a historic uh, historic music uh, venue. Where they hosted uh, Dylan, Joan Baez, all the greats of the you know of the '60s. And uh, it was hard to get initial booking there, um, but once uh, once we did, we've been invited back. Uh, I think this was our fifth time last night, and, and you know the people that go there are the most a lot of Jewish people, folkies, let's say. So I think it's it's uh, it may be a difficult to in, uh, concept to digest at first, especially if you're a traditionalist. But once you hear it, the idea is to we you know we play music that's engaging and fun and and uh, thought provoking. So uh, I think the reception has always uh, is, has always been good. It's a matter of getting your foot in the door, getting people to listen, uh, just give it a first listen. Very cool. The young Israel of East Brunswick is ready for you. I, I sure, I sure <laughs> hope so. Yes. And is your is your um, uh, leading of the tefillah is your davening anything like what your group's going to be doing on Saturday night, or your tefillah is going to be very traditional and sound very traditional uh, at the young Israel of East Brunswick? I think I think at this point my uh, feel is going to be is going to be pretty traditional. I, I'm going to throw in enough, uh, let's say, uh, uh, I, it's not even it's at this point it's traditional enough. Uh, Kalbach and Eitan Katz melodies and right. some uh, old school Mojitz Nigunim, 
uh, to you know to, you know to keep people uh, uh, happy uh, with familiar familiar tunes. Oh, and look, I know I know the people yeah. down there doing the Sylvie Brunswick. I think they're going to enjoy that very much. I, I, I sure hope so. Anybody who's in the area this weekend, listen carefully. Young Israel of East Brunswick, Chazen Jason Rosenblatt. Um, this coming uh, Shabbat, enjoy. And then he brings his uh, Montreal-based group, Strymel, with special guest Tevet Sella uh, for a Motzei Shabbos in, in jazz at the Young Israel of East Brunswick uh, with the material and the style that uh, Jason described for us this morning. We wish you the best of luck this weekend. I hope a lot of people come out. And enjoy, what, you. and enjoy what you have to offer, and thanks for joining us this morning. My pleasure. Thank you very much. Jason Rosenblatt, Young Israel of East Brunswick, this coming Shabbos and Saturday night uh, with, the, um, with the unique project, the unique group Strymel, uh, as I said, out of Montreal. Everybody in that area, make sure to uh, check it out and enjoy. And I want to thank my friend Ralph Rosenbaum for being, bringing this event to our attention. Um, Well-deserved. A lot of success already with this group. Very, very nice. More coming up. It's JM in the AM, and this is Simcha Liner. They tell you that you're too small to make a difference. They tell you that you're too weak to go the distance. But take the first step, and you'll see that you can go far. They tell you that you're too lost to be inspired They tell you that you're too short to reach up higher But they're not feeling the passion that lives in your heart Oh, just trust in yourself and show them who you really are J.M. in the A.M. Change the world, Simcha Liner. Speaking of changing the world, last night I got to spend some time with a lot of people who are changing the world. 
thousands of Chabad Shluchim at the dinner of the Chabad Shluchim conference. Just amazing. A lot of Jewish heroes. And as I said earlier, what they did for the victims of the Pittsburgh massacre, the Lubavitcher Rebbe treated every... If you watch any video, you'll see it. Any video of someone who walks in who's not exactly the same background as the Lubavitcher Rebbe, watch any video, you will see how he treats each person like a brother or a sister. And all the Shluchim have just taken that that same attitude. Everybody's a brother or a sister. Amazing. Just incredible. Speaking of Pittsburgh, by the way, uh, thank you to Ben Roethlisberger, the quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers, for wearing cleats that he had specially made uh, to include the Magain David um, over the Pittsburgh Steelers, at the top part of the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, a logo, which is pretty amazing. He did that yesterday during the game. And then and this is one of the most difficult things for me always. I actually have to compliment the New England Patriot, which is so hard for me to do. <laughs> Outside of Robert Kraft, I've had him on. And I've complimented him more than once. Uh, but Julian Edelman is wearing an Israel baseball team hat at the end of the game yesterday, and they ask him, what's the hat for? And he says, just want the pit- people in Pittsburgh to know we're thinking about them and send positive vibes to our Jewish brethren. I got to give him credit. He may He may play for the wrong team, but boy. He, dis- he demonstrated that he's really for the right team yesterday, so call like a vote to him. Uh, speaking of people who are changing the world, you know, I said to Rabbi Kanelsky a minute ago, you know, uh, I saw people last night from Albania and Thailand and Laos. You know, I don't know if Hillside and Elizabeth is that, uh, is that unbelievable, but nonetheless, Rabbi Kanelsky and his amazing family and staff are doing an incredible job, obviously, with Bris Avram and Congregation O.L. Yosef Yitzchak in Hillside, New Jersey. Bris Avram has their 39th annual dinner this coming Sunday. Sandy Shmueli will be there. He's amazing. Uh, this year's journal is dedicated to the memory of Harry and Joe Wilf uh, by Edward and Cecile Mossberg. The Community Service Awards to Ms. Jennifer Davis, Chief of Intergovernmental Affairs at Port Authority. Uh, Ms. Diane Eller, Director of Tunnel Bridges and Terminals at Port Authority. And Miss Janice Stein, engineer of projects at Port Authority, and with us live via telephone. I did excuse her by Kanelski. He was supposed to come in this morning, which I always love, uh, but he's so busy with the dinner on Sunday. He asked if he can call in, and I said, as long as he comes in Mir Tashem before Hanukkah, we can make a deal and have him on via telephone today. Harav Kanelski, welcome back to JM in the AM. Ah, good morning, Reb Nochem, and happy anniversary. Ah, uh, thank you. <laughs> Every time there was the New York Marathon, then yep. I know that the next day is your anniversary. Correct. It's funny because last night, one of the, uh, you know, you have all these young, you have a lot of young shluchim these days. So they Baruch come, Hashem. Yeah, they come over to people like me and they said, did you ever meet the Rebbe? So I said, I met the Rebbe four times. Uh, and one of them, I told them about uh, the New York, I said it was today, the New York City Marathon, <laughs> when it was impossible to get to the Rebbe, but we eventually got there. And that was the day before our wedding, as you remember. So thank you for that. It was unbelievable. You came with your father. Right. Your father was a very, very close friend of the Rebbe. And the Rebbe loved him very dearly. Yep. And as the Rebbe said to him, Haraf Segel, then... You had a personal relationship with the rabbi, your father, and the brochure that you got the day after marathon. The day after marathon yeah. for your wedding in your space, you should have a richest children with Shonim Tavis. Amen. Have a lot of nachas from all your children. Amen. And you should be able, in Mirzashem, to get brochures from the rabbi again for the chasinus of your kinderwach. Yeah. You know, my father and the rabbi had some dramatic moments, as you know. Some of them, oh, my, yeah. some of my father. But what's funny is, my favorite story 
is not about drama. My favorite story is not about you know anything really that significant, so to speak. You'll know what I mean in a second. My yeah. fa- my favorite story is one Erev Yontif. It was probably the last week of Elul. Uh, my father was with one of my brothers at the at the Rebbe, but not inside yet. They were, you know, with the crowd, with the crowd. Everybody's waiting for the Rebbe to come out from Mincha. So you know what happens. What happens is when the Rebbe, you know, walks into the big room, into the base medrash, then everybody splits, and there's, you know, and everybody lets the Rebbe walk through, right? And yeah. all of a sudden, all of a sudden, everyone sees that the Rebbe stops, and he turns around, you know, and looks over his shoulder and says, Harav Segal. And everybody there is wondering, who is this clean-shaven man that the Rebbe stopped for to wish Maximus? And that is my favorite story of all of them. <laughs> but that shows who the Rebbe is. Yeah. This is one of the things that we see. How the Rebbe saw that person, your father, who did so much for Klaus Israel, and the Rebbe gave him right away a brocha, and that gave him no chizok to continue to do his work that he did his entire life until the last day of him being on this earth. He did only one thing, your father, thinking about another Jew. Yeah. He was a real symbol that we could all learn. And as I said to you, unfortunately, when you were sitting Shiva after your father, that the first donation that I got for Brisav Rohom was from your father 29 years ago. Then our relationship and our friendship is a very, very tight one. For many, many more years to go. Unbelievable! That is, that's a, that's incredible when I think about it. Uh, he helped you start Bris Avram. He helped yeah. you start Bris yes, Avram. Yes, yes. I was teaching. I was teaching in Hebrew Youth Academy in Orange, New Jersey. Yeah. I'm sure the building that you went there and you went to that school. Yeah. And I had the privilege to teach in that school for six children from the former Soviet Union. And if you remember Dr. Wallace Green, Rabbi Dr. Wallace Green, sure. who was the principal then. Sure. Yes. Very, very interesting stories. Unbelievable. Let's <sighs> start with today, as the Rebbe always taught us, teaches us that we have to live with the Hayom Yom. And I think today's Hayom Yom that the Rebbe wrote for every single day a message has a very meaningful message for all the Shulchim around the world. And for us here, as you said, even Hill said, it's also a place for the Rebbe Sender I mean, it's not Thailand, but it's Hillside, but still. <laughs> yes. We are still far from New York. <laughs> Especially when there is a marathon to cross from Hillside to New York. It's a very, That's very... That's true. By the job. way, you know, I'm sorry to interrupt you. You just reminded me at my Shabbos table this past Shabbos on Friday night was a member of El Al Security at Newark Airport. So I have regards from your son. From oh, New- you see? Yeah. This is one of the things that, if you're talking about a daily activity that Bris Avroham does, my son is in charge of that project, and thank God it's not just my son. There is more people who are coming to help him on a, on a weekly basis, Rabbi David Zelensky, Rabbi David Chaim Hafer, and this is people that are dedicated. My son is there twice a week, and they're coming once a week to put feeling on, on people that are traveling to Israel and to give to any Jew, whatever he needs, or a or a Hayenu, or just a good word to help a person when he's going to the airport. And this is something that is uh, even the Port Authority, when they rebuilt one of the buildings here in Newark, they invited me to put a mezuzah. And the general manager said that thanks to the rabbis here that praying that our planes should go safe and come safe. Wow! 
It was unbelievable from the general manager to say that, and I would like to say personal thank you to the Port Authority and especially to the Newark team that are helping in all the three. We'll talk more about that in the course of the Hanukkah. Right. But in every single terminal of Newark Airport, there is a menorah, uh, thanks to Brisa Rohom and the cooperation with Port Authority of uh, of Newark, New Jersey. Unbelievable. Just incredible. And you, you have to remember one other thing. A lot of people are very nervous when it's time to fly. A lot of people are very focused on the one above when it's time to get on a plane. And your son and his uh, and the people who help him, uh, they help uh, you know give people a little boost of spirituality before they get on that plane. When you put it on before... And when you have a tzil sadarech with you, then you know the Rebbein Hashem is with you. Yeah. Exactly. And today's Hayom Yom, it's a saying that the Rebbe writes, Rebbe Isaac Homer said, that you heard from the elderly Chassidim, and the saying is the following, Hob hold ha'idin, but Hashem is borech dir hold hoben. Love a Jew, God will love you. Tu atev ha'idin, do a favor for another Jew, but Hashem is borech dir atevaton. God will do for you a favor. Zay mekar ha'idin, Make a Jew closer, but Hashem is borech dir mekarav zayin. The Rebbeinu should make you closer. Wow. How powerful is this message? Oh. With that message, we could live a whole life and know that this is our mission in this world. Amazing. Rabbi Mordechai Kanelski is with us. We're talking about the Bris Avram dinner. It's this coming Sunday night. You've included a lot of Port Authority people among your honorees. Yes, three Port Authority people this year. And the most highlight of the event is our 33rd annual gala wedding that the Mirta Hashem, eight couples, will get married according to Jewish law and tradition. Wow. This is another milestone that Bris Avraham started on the, on the advice of the Rebbe. Personally, that the Rabbi Chodakov called me in and asked on behalf of the Rebbe that I should start doing these weddings together with my wife. And that was only two years after our marriage. And thank God, since that day until today, 950 couples got a hoop of a Kedush in Kedas Meshav Israel. Unbelievable. Many of them, because of the wedding, did a breeze before. And this is another thing that is one of the things for Bris Avroham, not one of the things. Is we started with Bris Avroham as we just weren't in the Parsha. And just by the way, yesterday we did two Brisons. Then we were a little bit busy here in our home when two breasts was performed for two people. One, 12 years old, that's a baby. And one, 42 years old, a little bit older. Then yesterday was two breasts here, Rabbi Shane was here, and we did two breasts yesterday. Well, Mazel Tov and Mazel Tov. Thank you. And, you know, as I said many times, we are, we are trying to go with a closer age to Avromovino than the age of Yitzhak. <laughs> So you had Elio Anovi in your house yesterday? <clears throat> Twice. Wow. A return, Twice. A return Twice. visit. <laughs> My wife prepared the Suda Smitzvah here, and we had here two Brisons yesterday here. And, you know, you, every time when there is a Bris, and you see the Besiris Nefesh of these people, people that were educated for 70 years against God, against religion, against everything, having the Besiris Nefesh to come here and to make a Bris, and just incredible. Uh, as uh, one of the time when I was speaking at the radio with you, and I was reading to you the Hayom Yom of that day, that the Rebbe Rashab, the fifty Babich Rebbe, was crying, saying to his grandfather, why God is showing to Avromovino, not to us. Mm. And he answered him, when a Jew at the age of 99 <clears throat> makes a breeze, he is worthy that God should be shown to him.
And as I told you then, that the people that are 42 years old are making a brief. They really see God. And let me tell you, after the brief and after the brochas that was said, he looked at me and he says, is now Eliyoha Novi here? Can I ask from God whatever I want? I said to him, the gate of the heaven is open and the sky is the limit. Just ask from God. You are somebody who we all jealous you because you made the decision in that age to make a brief. And you are so close to God to ask from God everything. And we are, we are sure that God will fulfill your heart desire to good. Unbelievable. Rabbi Mordechai, I'm yes, sorry. The, then we have the guest of honor. is again somebody from the former Soviet Union, Yakov and Irina Burikovsky. Right. This is people that came to this country, and they were held by Brisavrohom. And today they are having their graduates and a chorus of back to Brisavrohom. And they are supporting our activities. And Prince of Rome is privileged to honor this couple. All right. Uh, the 39th annual dinner, the guests of honor, Mr. Yaakov and Mrs. Irina uh, Borakovsky, as you heard uh, Rabbi Kanelsky say, uh, Harry and Joe Wolf will have the uh, journal dedicated to their memory by Edward and Cecil uh, Mossberg, the three uh, ladies from Port Authority we mentioned, Ms. Uh, Jennifer Davis, uh, Diane Eller, and Janice Stein, are all being recognized by Prince of Rome this coming Sunday as well. And the dinner... Uh, is happening with the chuppah ceremonies beginning at 4.30 and the buffet dinner at 5.30 at the Sheraton Parsippany on Smith Road in Parsippany, New Jersey. Information, 908-289-0770, 908-289-0770. Sandy's going to be there, Rabbi Kanelsky. Sandy is a star that is picking up everybody with his list, with his singing. And we just were notified yesterday that the keynote speaker for this event will be the lieutenant governor of the state of New Jersey, wow. Mrs. Shiva Oliver. Very nice. She, she is going to come to be the keynote speaker. She was a great <laughs> instrumental help to us in putting different menorahs in different places throughout the state. And uh, she is coming to speak uh, this Sunday at the annual dinner of Bris Avraham. There's a website, brisavraham.org, all O's, A-V-R-O-H-O-M, Bris Avraham. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Bris Av- that's, what, that's what happens when they come to make a bris. Uh-oh. Brisavraham.org or 908-289-0770. 908. We had to make underline because when God says to Avraham, then we want to make sure that everyone right. pronounces the proper way. Avraham. That's oh, true. <laughs> That's true. Yes. I, we, and also we want to take a big asher to the entire staff of Bris Avraham. We mentioned before Rabbi David and Rabbi Borah Lepchevker from Jersey City, and as well as the staff in the office who are helping so much, Bella and Mindy. And, and and my son, who is working in in uh, the airport, and the Bris of Rome of one, the two rabbis Zaltzman, Rabbi Beryl Zaltzman, Rabbi Mendy Zaltzman. I would like to add one thing, if I have two minutes. Yeah. Uh, we're speaking so much about Pittsburgh, and I'm at a tragedy that hit every single one, and each one is trying to do something for them. And I would like to share what I spoke this Shabbos. And uh, as you're giving me the opportunity to speak to more people than I had in my show Shabbos, <laughs> I said the following, that the Torah is teaching us, Neir Hashem Nishmas Odom. The candle of God is the soul of a person. And as usually, when we're having a yard site, we're lighting a candle. This Shabbos, we spoke that when Itzhak approved the Shidduch of Rivka, when he saw that her candles are lit 
like the candles of Sodom, from Erev Shabbos to Erev Shabbos. I suggest to my show that each one of us, from this Shabbos to Hanukkah, is 30 days. Shabbos was Chovhei Cheshven, and Kisov is Chovhei, Hanukkah is Chovhei Kisov. In these 30 days, each one of us should try to influence 11 ladies, 11 girls, to start lighting Shabbos candles. That will be the greatest thing for the souls of these this 11 people, Hashem Imkom Domom, that they were killed for only one reason, because they were Jews. And we will find people that will light the candles of Shabbos and observe that mitzvah. Then we are promised, as the Medrash says in Yalkut Shemeni, Imatem Shamrim Neves Shal Shabbos, then in the merit that we will be so careful with that mitzvah of lighting Shabbos candles, the Rebbeinah will show us the natives of Tzien with the coming of Mashiach Tzitkeinu. Absolutely beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. All right, Kanelski, just beautiful. And I said to you, what they did last night was a real lesson at the Shluchim conference. Um, the Rebbe, the Lubavitcher Rebbe, if you watch any video, of somebody who's not like the Rebbe, somebody from a different background, you watch any video of that person come to the Rebbe, the Rebbe treated them like a brother or a sister. And we should emphasize sister as well. A hundred percent. And all the shluchim have the same attitude. Every single person, no matter what they do, no matter how they daven, no matter how they spend their, their, their Shabbos or their Sunday or their Monday or any day, this is my brother, this is my sister, and every shliach has the, and, and shlucha has the same attitude. And we see it as the Rebbe instilled it in us, and the Rebbe gave us the brochas. Just I want to share with you one point. When we were once with the Rebbe, me and my wife, the Rebbe gave to my wife an extra dollar and said to her, for the shutfus with your husband, for the oh. partnership with your husband. And this is something, as you said before, shliach and shlucha. The Rebbe loved loves every single Jew around the world like his own and one and only child. And did what he is still in us, him. We're all doing that. And you will see him this Sunday, how there's eight couples will go down the aisle. This is people that we never knew who they are until just a few months ago. And now we are making for them a wedding as, they are about that, as the advice of the Rebbe. You make them a wedding that they will remember for the rest of their life. Amazing. Rabbi Kanelski invites everyone, be there Sunday. The dinner, the Bris Avram dinner is um, 908-289-0770, org. 908-289-0770. Rabbi Kanelski, Kalakavod, we hope to see you before Hanukkah, Mir Tashem. Mir Tashem, and again, happy anniversary. Thank Please you so send much. send regards to Stacey. I certainly will. Thank you so much. Koltov, Koltov. On the next live edition of The Israel Show, which is coming up next, analysis of last week's municipal elections in Israel, Ireland takes a break from its virulent anti-Israel campaign to honor one of its favorite sons, and lots of new music in the not-to-be-missed weekly Israeli music mix. Mayor Weingarten is next. After that, it's going to be Yoni Pollock. After further review, he'll do some sports. Maybe he'll mention Ben Roethlisberger's sneakers. Cleats, rather. Maybe he'll mention um, Julian Edelman's hat from after the New England game last night. Who knows? Uh, that's all happening between 10 and 11. And today on Novak Now at 11 o'clock, Jake looks at the hot issue of Jews and nationalism. He explains why most of the experts are getting the issue all wrong. It's all coming up here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Achim Yisrael and Achim Achem, our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish 
moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NahumSingle.com, on the NahumSingle Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. And I thank all of you for tuning in. Tomorrow morning, Rabbi Ron Yitzchak Eisenman will be sitting to my left. The book is called Shul with a View. Rabbi Eisenman in studio tomorrow morning here at JM in the AM. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thank you to all of our special guests this morning. What a morning it has been. Uh, Tomorrow we're back. We'll start at 6 a.m. Make sure to join us. Mayor Weingarten is live next. Yoni Pollock with sports is live at 10 o'clock. Jake Novak is live at 11 a.m. Amazing programming to start your Monday. Till tomorrow, Nahum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.